Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. And so what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Buffalo's been very good late in the season. I, I get it. I get it. And if they're in the playoffs, they got a chance to make a run, but they're not in. And they're going to Miami, who's got one more win than them. Miami's trying to play for the division, and Buffalo's laying three points on the road. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Big man out today. Came back, did one day in the new year. Proved to be too much. Took a couple days off. We'll see how it plays out. Kidding, of course. He's handling some business. We'll have him back tomorrow. Randy Scott in his stead. College Football National Championship game, Monday night, 7.30 p.m. ESPN and ESPN Radio. I'm here tomorrow. Go to the pen if you need me. I mean, you got to make the joke, right? You come back, you work one day in the new year, then you're immediately out. The the stomach bug's going to... We got grown-ups with tummy troubles. We got got a lot of that. We got a a grown-up stomach bug is going around. If you're you're listening and you're you're on the, you know... On the John, let's say, uh, it, like we it's sympathize, empathy, like it's going around, it's ripping through the schools. But we're doing uh, this show from the John. There we two guys in the John doing a radio show nationally. Thank you for listening. Stall to stall radio. Yeah, not going to be any, not going to be any problems for us. We can do two things at once around these parts. That's that's not how you want to start a segment, an hour, a show, no. a career, any of those things. A career. All right. So back to the point on Miami. Here's what I'm trying to figure out. I uh, I released something yesterday on this show. I probably shouldn't have. It's a little handicapping. Nugget. It's, I call it the Triple H. Okay. Not Hunter Hearst Helmsley. It's time to play the game. There you go. Not Hunter Hearst Helmsley, although right. it, it is a playoff Hunter Hearst Helmsley. But it's it's the headquarter hallway handicap. Oh, okay. Here at ESPN headquarters, talk to a lot of sports people in the hallways. Yeah. The handicap is that when everyone's talking about the same damn thing, like Buffalo's red hot, Buffalo's going to be Miami, you go the other way. You just quietly nod. Thanks, Herm. Appreciate your thoughts, Herm. Mm-hmm. And then you move the other way. Now, I say Herm because Herm is, is a first-class act. I have the pleasure of speaking with him. You see him Sunday mornings yeah. over in here getting ready for our shows. Energy. Herm's the best. Energy. Human caffeine. A lot yeah. of energy. Yeah, doesn't yeah. drink coffee. He says doesn't drink. I don't think he does. I no. didn't know. You know he flew. He no flew. makeup. That's what it is. No makeup for him. He goes, I don't need it. I no. go, you know what? He doesn't. You are gorgeous. He you doesn't need it. it. He flew uh, cross-country without his cell phone. Left his cell phone at home. Flew cross-country. Can you imagine that? Probably didn't even bother him. How nude would you feel flying cross-country for days? I'm plural. requesting that plane land and turn around. No Sorry, everybody. What do you even do on the plane? Sorry, I'm derailing. No, I got it. I like the Triple how we H. Are. That's how we are in society now. But yeah. I like the Triple H. So it happened with the, on Christmas. It happened with the Niners and the Ravens. Everybody loved the Niners. And then it also happened with that Steeler-Bangle game a couple weeks ago. Bless you. A couple weeks ago, Steelers-Bangles game. Bengals at Steelers. Steelers at Bengals. What was it? Bengals at Steelers. They're laying three. It's Jake Browning laying points. Everyone's like, Steelers are cooks. Season's over. Tomlin should be gone. Steelers hammer them. Yeah. Everyone's talking about the build. It seems like no one is giving Miami a chance in this game. Do you get that sense as well? Are we writing the Dolphins off in this game? Well, I think four touchdowns the first time around is is factoring into it. But you're right. No, I have not. I have not seen this game approached from a uh, you know here's how the Dolphins win. Right. I, I, I really haven't. We had Damian Woody on our show, Sports Center AM, seven AM Eastern. I've heard of it. Yeah, on on ESPN. Um, <laughs> the main stick. Dozens, dozens of people, tons, dozens <laughs> watch. But but Woody said, you know, where this game is played, 
uh, gives Miami the advantage. And it's not just home field. He went through some of the stats that shows how comfortable Tua is specifically at home. And that's as close as we've gotten. Otherwise, it's, you know, Bill's two seed. Who should fear going to Orchard Park in, right. the, in, in the wild card Are round? Are they the, the most, most dangerous team in the NFL yeah. right now? Certainly. It's like you're not even in the playoffs. You're the third. They have the third best odds to win the Super Bowl at eight to one. Third best okay. behind the Niners and the Ravens, and they're not even in. But are you talking to your, I mean, you talk yourself a little bit because you have them in the top four. You have them in your own top four. I like them. Yeah, I think they're dangerous. Super Bowl contenders. So, so no, you're right. Uh, yes, you are correct that we are overlooking the Dolphins. Do you have anything beyond? This somewhat anecdotal uh, metric, this handicap, this yeah. very rudimentary caveman-like metric you used. You said, <laughs> you said Triple H. I was like, all right, there could be so many things. It could be like marrying into money, uh, you know, family right. money, <laughs> marrying well, uh, you having know. a falling out with Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. How is he yeah. going to incorporate into this? Are you going to call somebody? Where's so, X Pac? So, so um, is there is there anything? You know, between no, the lines that just, stands out to you. The one thing on the other side, Tua's dinged up. He hurt the throwing shoulder late in the game against Baltimore. They pulled him out of the game, but they were already getting blown out. Yeah. He says he's fine. The Miami Dolphins are dinged up coming into this game. Get up this morning. Three of the four panelists picked Buffalo. Bart Scott picked Miami. So oh. someone's out there taking the Dolphins. Now, Lewis Riddick was talking about not picking the game necessarily, but talking about pressure that teams and players are going to face this weekend. Tua, surprisingly, had something interesting to say. Take a listen. No questions to a tongue of Iloa for a number of different reasons, but really I'll just give you two. One, he's been doubted from day one that he was drafted by the Miami Dolphins for numerous different reasons, whether it's because he couldn't stay healthy, whether he was a guy who you know couldn't elevate in the biggest of games, what have you. Whatever the situation was, people doubted him. And I think now he's under the most pressure because he's going into this football game against the Buffalo Bills, wondering whether or not without a full complement of weapons offensively and defensively, they really are going to be able to compete with a football team right now that's playing pretty darn good. Interesting Hmm. point having the most pressure coming in because this is a team that throughout the course of the season, everyone said can't win the big one. They don't beat any big teams. No big games are won by the dolphins. And then they beat Dallas on Christmas, Mm -hmm. but it was like, it still felt like people were trying to take something away. Like, well, it's Dallas on the road. Dallas doesn't win big games either. It was close. They could have won it late. McCarthy blew it, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah. So it does feel like, you got to go out there and stick it to Buffalo. You got to win the division. You've been front running all year. You got it. Win yeah. the division, host a playoff game, and put your arch nemesis in the ground so that they can't even get to the postseason. Yeah, step on their neck, keep them out of yeah. it. Right? Yeah. No, I for Miami, it's not just that they have this to play for in Week 18. It's not just potentially a referendum on Tua, right? A potentially a referendum on more than just you know. More than just the Dolphins' questions surrounding winning a big game, can Tua win a big game? Can he be the reason they win as opposed to Tyreek Hill, as opposed to Jalen Waddle? Which I think is more about people telling on themselves and where they fall in this Tua uh, debate uh, nationally here. But but for me, it's that Miami has fallen from being in the very real discussion for the one seed in the AFC. It's how far they've fallen within the season. The fact that they are now playing some of their, you know, say worst football because they did beat the Cowboys, but they're they're not going into the postseason A healthy, B playing well on the best side of the football that they play on, which is which is offensively. There's no shame in going into Baltimore and losing the way they did. No. There's there's no shame in going up against that Ravens secondary and having Tua turn the football over. That happens. Uh, Brock Purdy lost the MVP doing that, right? Throwing four picks to this Ravens secondary. What I've been troubled by are excuses, not from the Dolphins themselves, but obviously from a vocal fan base, where they're like, well, we didn't have Waddle. Well, we didn't have Mostert. Well, we didn't have da-da-da. 
you you got boat raced. You you got you got run out of the building. It's not just how you. It's not just that you lost. It's how you lost. So given the injury report, which is still Waddle, it is still Mostert, it is Tua, it is Xavier Howard, it is Teron Armstead. There is such talent on the injury report. If you can't be competitive with Baltimore, what reason do we have to think that a week's difference is gonna is gonna be the difference to just play a competitive football game? Yeah. I don't know, especially with this freight train coming in. Yeah. I mean, that's you're, you're explaining exactly why the point spread is where it is. If you take this one, two, three steps further, and you think about Miami losing this game, then becoming a wild card team, possibly going to Kansas City, losing there, losing wherever in the playoffs, like mm-hmm. right away, like. What do we view this season as? Because it feels like for so long we were looking at Miami. We were loving Mike McDaniel. We were loving the Tua resurgence. This offense was going to revolutionize the game. If you flop late in the year like this, you eek by Dallas, you get blown out by Buffalo, you, you, you get blown out by Baltimore, you lose to Buffalo, you go into the playoffs as a wild card after tanking off the division yeah. and letting some ba- someone back in it, and then you lose right away. Like We're looking at them as like an all-time disappointment. I, like yeah. all flash, all sizzle, no steak. Yeah, all frosting, no cake. That's yeah. that's 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 it. No, it really is. It's, we could do that forever. We we could, we could finish. We off have the, we have the, done the that. hour with that. It's you know I I think coming into the season you, you have to try to remember the talent that we thought we would see at this part of the season. Who would we hear from going into January? And it was presumably a healthy Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. It was Josh Allen in, in Buffalo, and it was Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. We thought Justin Herbert. We thought this might be the year where Justin Herbert and the Bolts took that step. I think there were massive questions surrounding Tua Tagovailoa. I would argue that the majority of them have been answered. If he's if he's if he's protected and if he's at home, he so. is d- darn near untouchable. That seventy point outburst against the Denver Bronco defense it proved to be better than we thought. That still happened. That's still a real thing that happened in this season. So we've seen what they are capable of. We have seen the NFL as it so often does react. The NFL, you talk about a week to week league. As soon as you put something on tape, there are there's just a staff of some of the best defensive minds in this game that are working on how to solve you, how to fix you. And that's been the chess match. And I would argue Mike McDaniel's largely acquitted himself well. He's done very well. I would say Tua has done that as well. Uh, the problem is you have opened the door through your own inability to win games against teams with winning records to where you have something to play for and a whole hell of a lot to lose in Week 18. This is as competent as Miami has been in decades. They're just competent. Like, yeah. we kind of elevated them probably a little bit higher than we should have after the 70-point outburst. We, oh, my God, yes. they're going to revolutionize the game. They're not going to revolutionize the game, but they are good. They're well-coached. they got a lot to like. They're fun to watch, but they're still a team that's that's growing. They're still a team that's building. I believe they're sitting on 11 wins right now. No matter what happens in the playoffs, they're moving in the right direction. Next year is going to be pressure because last year was year one. They got in, but it was Skylar Thompson at quarterback in Buffalo. They acquitted themselves nicely, but they lost that game. This year they took a step forward in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Tua stayed healthy. Things look good. You have your quarterback. Next year is going to be the year where it's going to be like, hey, man, you got to make some noise in the playoffs. Okay, you talked about Jacksonville being a year away from being yeah. a year away. So the Dolphins are just a year away right now because you don't have them in your list of four Super Bowl contenders. Correct. Yeah, okay. they just okay. they, they too many big games where they didn't get anything done. That was okay. the problem. Too many big games. Like getting rolled by Baltimore. Baltimore was coming off a tough game on a Monday night against the Niners. They yeah. shouldn't have rolled over you like that. Right. Shouldn't have rolled over you. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fornball. There's an NFL coach that recently said he wants to be back coaching his team next season. We're going to tell you the one thing that could change that. Carlin versus Joe. Joe Fornball, Randy Scott, ESPN Radio, and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Randy Scott, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Great to have you with us today. You like this one? Is this is this? Good Charlotte, because it sounds like yes, great. It, it sounds like great Charlotte <laughs> to me. <laughs> Maryland boys, man, I used to see them at RFK growing up. And that's the end of this. We'll see you in the next segment. Everyone, enjoy the uh, <laughs> enjoy the music. All right, Carlin out today. He's going to be back tomorrow. Give him his flowers here. A couple months ago, he started pitching the idea that if Belichick was out in New England, perfect candidate for the Patriots would be current Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. One problem with that is how do you get Vrabel out of Tennessee because it's not like his contract is up. The Titans very much like Mike Vrabel. He's done a hell of a job given the ingredients that organization Mm -hmm. has given him to work with. So Vrabel, believe it or not, as we segue into what we want to discuss here, is doing a press conference yesterday and his future with the Tennessee Titans comes up. Take a listen. Of course I want to be here. Be here as long as we can win and long as we can, you know, do this thing and it's uh it's been great but it also has been you know just just frustrating this year and nobody nobody wants to be where we're at perfect answer no it's not not it's not he qualified it he qualified it he He said did did he not let's listen again let's listen again fire it of course i want to be here be here as long as we can win right there Ooh, ooh. as long as we can win right and that's how it sounds like a qualifier to me but then again, if winning is high on his priority list, then the New England Patriots shouldn't be on his ah, priority list. Ah, look at you. Either. I mean, that's fair to say. Well, if you're going to lose somewhere, where would you rather lose? I guess that's now the question. <laughs> where there's Hattie's Fried Chicken and live music down the street, man. I know. It's hard It's hard to think about giving up Nashville oh for... My. Love the love the Commonwealth. Don't get me wrong, but the AFC South to me is a more winnable division. You've you've been the bully on the block fairly recently in that division. That's interesting because Houston's on the rise. It looks like the Colts are on the rise, and the Jags are up there too. It almost feels like somehow, as much of a laughing stock as that division has been, top to bottom, it's pretty well rounded. But again, when you talk about the AFC East, Josh Allen ain't going anywhere, and it looks like right. the Dolphins are pretty solid. Thank God for the Jets. But then you got you got Rodgers, though. You got Rodgers in the— Yeah, you got Rodgers. Do Rogers you have Rodgers? Do you have a competent team next year? You got the magical uh, yeah. Achilles coming back, I'm gonna, man. I'm going to wait on all that with the Jets. All right. I'm sorry if, I, if I'm if i going to give it pause before I buy into the Jets next year. Okay, so maybe this is a two-parter. And I, I'm, I'm, I have submarined the assignment here by arguing that that's not a perfect answer. You are no, going that's somewhere. Sports, that's great sports. Well, I love sports talk radio. But like is that, that. Okay, to me, that's a qualifier, and you can— 
it you would have to say then which team is more what did he say what's the quote more uh, blah, 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 as long as we can win as long as we can do this thing as long as we can win which team fits that bill better the New England Patriots or the Tennessee Titans so yeah let's say that Belichick is is out via retirement or the Chargers or whatever it may be mm-hmm. let's say Bob Kraft wants Mike Vrabel because there's a world where Bob Kraft says look I don't want to go Patriot way I don't want to go former Patriots I love Vrabel I want something new I want Detroit's offensive coordinator. I want Lincoln. I don't know. Some crazy thing. Let's say there's a world where Belichick's out and Kraft does want to talk to Mike Vrabel about bringing him in. How do you think Vrabel handles that? I think he takes the meeting out of respect, uh, but I think he respectfully tells Bob Kraft, I'm I'm in the process of building something in Tennessee. Uh, You guys are in the process of tearing this thing down. And and I don't want to be the guy to replace the guy. Yeah, call me, call me, whoever you whoever you get in here. I think Bob, sir, Mister Kraft. I they call Mister Kraft. Everybody does. I think I think you say you know Mister Kraft with respect. Whoever you bring in here is going to have to be a meat shield for what he is inheriting. And I think once you wear that person out, once that person moves on, give me a call. Give me a call. <laughs> I want to be the guy call. who replaces the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I don't. I don't want to be Bill O'Brien replacing Paterno. <laughs> I want to be James Franklin replacing Bill O'Brien. O'Brien. Obviously, circumstances are different. I wish I'd come up with a better example. But you know what I mean. There are other I, ones out there because O'Brien actually did quite a nice job in, in his a wonderful job. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be who who replaced Dan Shula. Who was that? Was that Jimmy Johnson or was it, was there an interim? I want to be Dan Shula. Don Shula. Don Did Shula. I say Dan Shula, dude? I got Dan Lebetard and Don Shula mixed up. Is that what I just did? Are those the two you put to? Well, Miami. That's a fine is what that is. We'll um, shake it off. We're working our way through some things here. My, my, my point is, you know, you got Bill Belichick, Hall of Famer, who is leaving for reasons having to do with talent on the roster or lack thereof. So do you I understand the pull of your um, of your alma mater. I, I, I do. And and I think that's going to mean a whole heck of a lot to to a guy like Mike Rabel. But I also think if you're the Patriots, be careful here because you need someone who can work with the quarterback position because you have seen how deleterious that effect can be in the post Tom Brady era. And Mike Rabel's not a quarterback guy. He's not. He's he's run the football and play great defense. And you've had that guy and you've had success. But if Bill Belichick can't win there, the best to ever have that style of winning football. If they can't if he can't do it there, you got to change because you're going to have a, a high enough draft pick to bring in a young, talented, top-five quarterback, you need somebody who's going to speak to that quarterback, and it's not Mike Vrabel. What if Bobby says, and because you said everyone calls him Mr. Kraft, now I'm going to test boundaries here. Flinched. What if Bobby said, what if Mr. Kraft <clears throat> says to Vrabel, look, I want you to come to New England, package looks good, the money's not an issue, all that stuff, we're all, we're all very excited. Mm-hmm. We're sitting at, and this is why they should lose to the Jets this weekend, and this is why the Jets should make sure they lose to the Patriots. Patriots are flirting with the number two pick. Commanders, I think, have the inside track on that. But the higher up you are, the easier it should be to get yourself to number one okay. if the Bears stay with Justin Fields. What if Mr. Kraft says to him, look, if the Bears are going to move on from, from – if the Bears are going to stick with Justin Fields, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring you in. We're going to give up everything we can to go up there and get Caleb Williams at number one. I want you to start fresh with Caleb Williams because if there's an organization that understands what great quarterback play over a long period of time can give you, it's the New England Patriots. I don't think they want to screw around anymore. I think yeah. Kraft has looked at this Mac Jones situation, and he's like, look, I had it way too good with Brady for two decades. I don't want to screw around with this. If mm-hmm. this kid's the kid and we're this close, I want to go out and get him. My question is— What do is, you say then if you're Vrabel? Who's he going to throw to? 
Yeah. I said, I'll, I'll, hey, all due respect, Mr. Kraft. Uh, bringing, in the quarter, bringing the quarterback <laughs> is but part of the equation because I need somebody I can trust to catch the football. You might know me. It's, it's uh, Troy McClure from, uh, from The Simpsons. Hi, I'm <laughs> Troy McClure. So it's, hi, I'm Mike Vrabel. You might know me from such free agent acquisitions as DeAndre Hopkins last year. <laughs> you guys needed him more than I did in Nashville. Why the hell didn't you bring him in? No. Right? And he's also the guy who watched his front office trade away A.J. Brown and then immediately played Philadelphia yeah. that year, and A.J. Brown went off against Tennessee if, and got the GM fired like two minutes later. If you're Vrabel, you need, to make, you need to make this assurance that there will not be alligator arms when it comes to receiver talent, either in the draft or in the free agent market. Like You need to know that T-Rex... You know, skill position yeah. as the Patriots have been now for the better part of a decade. Part of what ran Tom Brady off, you, you got to know that that loosens up a little bit as the new guy coming in. All right, so Mike Reese, ESPN reporter, he does an excellent job. He covers the Patriots. Uh, he was on Get Up and he was talking about what Monday's meeting between Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft could look like because they're going to meet on Monday. It's going to be the first meeting after the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You got the Jets game, and then there's this. What does Belichick need to do in Monday's meeting? He just needs to explain to them, okay, here's where things went wrong. Here's my part in that. And here's my vision for how we're going to turn this thing around. And, you know, Damian, who's on the set, has been in those team meetings with players. When Belichick stands in front of that room and he says, look, if we hit these targets this week, we're going to win the game. And players often tell me, Greeny, they say, I don't understand. He's right all the time on that. To me, he basically needs to do the same thing with the crafts in terms of his job. So there we go. Like the chance that he could be back. I, I, what do you put the chance at that Belichick's back with New England next year? Percentage-wise. 65-35. I think he's back. Yes. I think he's back. Wow. Yeah. I think most people view it the other way and like dramatically like 80-20 yeah. gone. No, I so think. So you think they could sit there and be like, look, we, we, we got something here. We're not going to panic. I think, they're, I think they're playing for him. I, I, I do. I, I know they are. I think the, I think the Saints game was, you know, a continent away, an ocean away. I think that got away from them, and I, I didn't think it looked good, to be sure. But there is such talent deficiency on this roster, up and down this roster, in all three phases. Uh, you're going to lose, you know, one of your on-field captains, one of your on-field coaches in Matthew Slater in the offseason. Like, it's going to be a season of change in its own right, and I just think that they have still, that Denver game was, mad. that told me a lot, that, that went over Denver on, on Christmas Eve night. Like, I, I just... I see them as a team that is still playing for this guy, playing hard. He hasn't lost the locker room. That's an interesting he point. He just doesn't have the talent. Like you, I mean, he's going to war with a butter knife. He really is. That's a really good point. It's, it's, if you're Kraft, though, and you're sitting there 2-3 and you decide like Drake May or whoever it might be is your mm-hmm. guy, Bill's not coming back for one year. If you're letting Bill bring in the next quarterback, you got to give him another three years. Let him develop the kid and build around him. Because then what are you going to do? Draft May and then fire Bill and then bring in a whole new group of people to coach a quarterback they might not want? Like, you don't want to become the Chicago Bears of the Northeast. I know we're up. I I, I think you you kneecap kneecap the situation a little bit. You have to demonstrate a little bit of pound of flesh to the fan base and to yourself, quite frankly. So I do think that you either roll back or you drastically uh, limit – uh, Bill Belichick's personnel uh, decisions, fingerprints, uh, okay. whatever that is. Now, whether Bill agrees to that, that could be what it comes down to. But to me, you go to Bill, you say, hey, we're going to bring in a GM. We're going to give him the keys to this draft. We haven't had a draft pick this high. It's due largely to your success. Blah, blah, blah. And you do it that way. Now, if Bill doesn't sign on, you got your answer. A lot of good words from you today. Destabilize early in the show. <laughs> kneecap. We're talking about kneecapping people just so casually. You got to kneecap them a little bit. You know what I mean. Yeah, I do. <laughs> 
Happy holidays, everybody, from uh, Randy Scott and Joe Fordball here, Carlin versus Joe. Uh, we're going to tell you why so much is at stake for so, so many playoff teams on Sunday. That's next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So there you have it. It's a win and in situation for the Packers in year one with Jordan Love as their starter. Like, I don't think enough people are making a big enough deal about how well they've done, considering how young they are, yeah. the injuries they've gone through. Win and in. And they're hosting the, what is it, Minnesota? Bears. The Bears. Bears. I, Bears are frisky. I just I looked loved, at it. I love what Justin Fields had to say this week, where he's like, of course Green Bay's going to show up. There's nothing else to do. He's like, they're going to watch football. But, but you got to beat him at some point, though. Well, okay, so last week. I'm glad week, they're talking, but you got to beat him at some point. Fields was auditioning for the Falcons. Yep. He put a great game on tape, <laughs> smacked him up. He's auditioning for maybe, you know, 15 other teams this week, you know? It's a big one, regardless. Big one. And it's going to be on ESPN Radio, 425 p.m. Eastern. This got us thinking about all these playoff scenarios that are coming into play and who some of these teams, if you make it in, who you could be facing. A lot of spicy stuff out there. A lot of spicy stuff. Evan Wilner, producer extraordinaire. It got us thinking, let's play a little Would You Rather. Come on into the show. You're hosting. I'm taking my shoes off. Yeah, so... Looking at some of these teams, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you who these teams would rather play in the wild card round. Wild card round only. So okay. So Lions. once you once a team gets into the playoffs, who would you rather play yep. between the options you're laying out? Yep. Got it. So the Lions are in, likely to be the three seed. Uh, so the Lions, if they're the three seed, would they rather play the Rams or the Packers? Those are the two options. Lions, would you rather see the Rams or the Packers? Randy, Packers, Packers. Absolutely, Packers. Uh, they're a team that you've beaten. Um, you beat them at Lambeau. You lost to them on your own sort of, uh, I don't know, failure to commit to the run game. They are such a gettable team. I lost a lot of money on that game on Thanksgiving. Not, a, not how you want to start Thanksgiving. They're said, that was the beginning of the love renaissance, right? That was the beginning of the of the romance era. But I, to, to me, <laughs> like, the, the Packers are so gettable on the ground, and that is where the Lions are at their best. They are a... They are a by far a better run to set up the pass team than vice versa. They're not quite the, the Cowboys that can jump on your necks and just you know squash the life out of you. Uh, but to me, the, the Lions would much rather use Jamar, Jameer Gibbs and, and David Montgomery and just destroy Green Bay on the ground. Rams. Bring in the red-hot Rams. Have everyone talking about Matthew Stafford oh. and Sean McVay and how they're going to come in and they're going to ruin the Lions' season. And then you know what you do? You take Jared Goff, who was the other part of that trade that nobody remembers, uh-huh. and you go out and you kick them out of the playoffs. And you do two things. You do three things in the process. Number one, you advance. That's the obvious one. 
Number two, you officially end the whole Matthew Stafford, Detroit, Eric thing. You put a nice little, there's been this buffer. Stafford went out, won a Super Bowl. He's yeah. coming into town. You kick him in the teeth and you send him packing. And then number three, what you do? Big confidence booster for Jared Goff. He beats the team that got rid of him even after he went to a Super Bowl with them. He beats Matthew Stafford and the Lions are ready to roll forward. You want the Rams for the confidence booster. The Browns are locked into the five seed. They'll play one of these AFC South teams. They'll play the team that wins the AFC South. So would that be the Jaguars, Texans, or Colts? If you're the Browns, who would you rather play in Wild Card Weekend? Browns um, are going to go visit the winner of the division. Yes. Okay. You want to take this no, one? No, you go first. You go first. Uh, I don't think the Browns care. The Browns are so <laughs> loose right now. The Browns are so loose. There's nobody more loose than them. You hear Stefanski yesterday? We've earned the right to rest some guys. Like, they they got everyone on IR. They've lost tons of key players. They're on their 26-string quarterback, a guy who wasn't on the team at Thanksgiving. And somehow, someway, they're just winning games. They're loose. They're free. I think if you're the Browns, it's like, bring it on. We don't give a crap who we need to play, especially from that crap division. If you want an answer to your question, I guess it's between the, the three of them. I'd want Indy. I'd probably rather go yes. play Indy than any of the others. I don't want to face Stroud. They're a little dangerous right now. Indy. It's it, it's Indy by by a mile. What, what you said, two most important things. It was coach and it was quarterback, yeah. right? Of these three quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, or Gardner Minshew. Boom. It's Minshew, yeah. right? You want Minshew to have to come in and deal with Miles Garrett. You want Minshew to have to come in and deal with your secondary. They are a turnover. They are a ball-hawking defense. Minshew's going to give you opportunities. going to throw to the other team. Stroud will, but Stroud will do it in a field position tilting way. Like Stroud's turnovers don't seem to cost the Texans. What costs them is his inability to stay on the field after he hit his head, and that's not his fault. But for me, it is Indy. Bring in your double attack, your Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor. It's not going to matter. I, I think what Indy does well plays into what Cleveland does well defensively. And I'm so if I'm if I'm a Browns fan, I'm ecstatic that you know octogenarian Joe Flacco gets a week to rest himself going into the playoffs. I, I hope the Browns win the Super Bowl. I want to live in that world. I don't they think deserve we're ready it. For Their it. fans are amazing. Yeah. They deserve it. Flacco winning a Super Bowl. Unbelievable. The Browns beat all three of these teams in the regular season. Just keep that yeah. in mind. The Browns do not oh. care about this game. The Browns are already looking ahead to the Niners in the Super Bowl. Why aren't the Browns hosting a playoff game then if they're the AFC South champions? <laughs> Sorry. Got it. Never mind. Keep going. <laughs> no. Dude, that was bad. That was bad. I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. The Eagles are likely to be the five seed. Some things could happen when they get the two seed. They're likely to be the five seed. They will play the NFC South winner. That could be the Bucks, the Falcons, or the Saints. So who do the Eagles want to see in the first round? Who would they rather play, Joe? I'll tell you this. Nobody mm. wants to watch that game. I don't want to watch the dysfunctional <laughs> Eagles against whatever the NFC South burps up for the playoffs. Not interested. Um, that said, I guess if you're the Eagles, you'd be traveling I don't think you want to try Atlanta, if you can get Atlanta, but I don't think that's one of your options. What are your options? I'm, I'm no. not even paying attention to what you're saying. No, Atlanta's one of your options. Bucks, yeah, Falcons, Atlanta. Saints. Atlanta's such a long shot Atlanta, to get it, though. New Orleans. Atlanta, Atlanta will find a way to screw it up. The thing with Tampa is they're a little feisty. They're a little dangerous with Baker. And if you go to New Orleans, you got to deal with the Voodoo Dome. The Eagles historically have had some problems in the Voodoo Dome. So I'd say Atlanta. That's not going to end up happening, though. Atlanta's the answer. Atlanta's the answer. The, right. the Saints have a say pulse. Atlanta's not on the table. Would you rather have them in Tampa? Tampa, or would you rather be in New Orleans? You already won in Tampa this year, and you handled them. I, I guess I'd rather go deal with that. The problem is, like you said, Tampa's playing better. Those the, the Saints and Bucks both have great passing offenses when they're right. 
So I, I to me, I'd rather face Atlanta because they can't throw the footballs. But but if that's off the table, give me the team that I've already gone gone there and won and beat them. Okay. Yeah. Go back to where we started: Rams or Packers. The Cowboys, if they're the two seed, could see the Rams or the Packers. Who would the Cowboys rather play in the wild card round? Packers. Packers. Packers ground game is nowhere near what Kyron Williams is. All due respect to Aaron Jones. He's got a bulky hamstring. A.J. Dillon is a plodding, what's the opposite of a thoroughbred? I mean, he's a quarter horse, a Chetland pony. Uh, so, yeah, give me, give, me, give, me the, uh, give me the Packers. How do I follow that up? How do I take analysis, brilliant analysis like that, and add anything to the conversation? I don't know. If you're Dallas, you definitely want to look at opponents and root for scenarios because that's how Dallas will go anywhere in the playoffs. Dallas isn't one of those, just roll the football out there. We don't care who it is. You very much care who it is. You care who it is. You care where it is. You are paper mache. One more here. The Chiefs are locked into the three seed in the AFC. Who would the Chiefs rather play? Dolphins, Bills, or Texans in wildcard weekend? You don't want the Bills. The Bills would desperately love to go into Arrowhead and crap all over everything in that arena to make up for all the bad vibes that have happened over the last few years. So it's, you, don't, you don't want to deal with Buffalo. Uh, probably Houston. You'd probably want the young team to come in and be overwhelmed by the yeah. elements, overwhelmed by the crowd noise. I could see Houston beating them, though. And maybe it's because of what that Texans team did with Deshaun Watson and taking, you know what I mean, that prolific okay. Chiefs offense to, was that overtime? It was a massive comeback by Kansas City. And I understand this Kansas City team is not that offensively. I would say Houston, but I, to me it's close. Houston or Miami. Buffalo would it's, love the chance to exactly. go to Arrowhead and yeah. break them for everything that's happened yep. over the last few years. Yeah. Didn't it's they not- play each other earlier this year, too? What happened? Chiefs went to Buffalo and lost? No, Kadarius Tony was offside. That was the, that's that, that game. Was that yeah, game. that's right. That was in Kansas City. You're like, it was actually not that long ago. Yeah. I actually, you know what I did? I <laughs> gave up drinking and now I'm sloppy. Lost. Are you going dry January? I gave up drinking and now I'm sloppy. I, you know what I need to do? I need to start drinking it's again. It's the Costanza effect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I stopped drinking and I'm, and I'm sloppy. I don't have anything organized. We'll figure it out. So overrated. All right. <laughs> everyone. Everyone. Huge. Everyone talking about what's on the line for Justin Fields in week 18 as if this is the game that's going to give the Bears the idea of what they need to do moving forward. What they're forgetting about is what's on the line for his counterpart. Randy Scott, Joe Fornball, Carlin versus Joe. That's next. ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Snap to love, looking to throw. He throws off his back foot, right side of the end. This whole team is focused on just making sure we get that win and moving on because we know exactly what's in front of us and we're trying to get in the playoffs, so we showed that tonight. I don't think we're giving Jordan Love and the Packers enough credit for what they've done this season. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Randy Scott, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. I mean, they came into this season by Vegas odd standards to finish dead last in the NFC North. Yeah. Like, no respect. It was where Doel Rodgers is gone. Team's not very good. No one knows what love's going to be. He's probably not going to be good. So that's that. And then here we are going into week 18. Packers are winning in. That's it. Win this game against the Bears. You're at home. You're a three-point favorite. Win that game. You are in the playoffs. You're in the playoffs. And on top of that, love's had a remarkable season. 63%, not overly impressive, but he's thrown for just shy of 4,000 yards. 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Kids played well. He could he could hit 4,000 yards. He could hit 4,000 yards. When we saw him throw for like a buck 50 early in the season, month of September, week two, week three, whatever it was, it was, oh, wow, this is not the guy. And everything that we'd heard in the offseason, it's what you hear. 
in every NFL offseason. Never looked better, best shape of his life, oh, yeah. whatever it is. But what we heard specifically out of Green Bay, our Packers reporter Rob Domofsky said it, that the buzz was they were so willing to move on from Aaron, not because of any perceived headaches with 12, it was love was ready. Love was ready to be the guy. And to me, it really took off. We saw the Jordan Love that the Packers were waiting for. We saw him on Thanksgiving. And that's where it took off. When he was he great. Went into Detroit, beat Jared Goff, sort of out. I think the Packers just outlined the Lions in that matchup, jumped on him with deep shots. They had a design play, I think, that um, that Matt LaFleur and company had been sitting on for a couple weeks. And LaFleur called it off the night before. And when he knew that Love was ready, Love said, hey, put that play back in. I want to take that shot. If we get the coverage we want, I want to take that shot right away. They got it. He hit it. He's been a different quarterback since. So whether it's – you don't want to say it's a – a moral victory for the season because the playoffs only, you know, bless 14 teams. But if I would say win or lose, this has been a success for the yeah. Packers, but I think it would just be such a morale boost to make this first season of Jordan Love's starter career as a playoff season. You compare the first season of Favre as a starter, Rodgers as a starter, and Love as a starter. Love's numbers are better. Love's numbers. That doesn't yeah. mean he's going to be better than both before you start going nuts in your cars. Do they trust him to do just more? A little comparison. Do they trust him to do more than they did with Aaron? That's I don't remember interesting far. because I don't remember the start with Aaron, but I also remember Aaron had, if I'm not mistaken, good veterans around him. Like, didn't learn like Donald Driver and some of those guys oh, there. Driver to, like, was there. Help yeah. Jordy Nelson, if I'm not mistaken. Like, Love has the youngest wide receiver unit in the NFL. Like, they didn't bless him with a bunch of savvy veterans around him. They got a lot of young guys. He's succeeding with what drove Aaron Rodgers out. What frustrated Aaron Rodgers. The light bulb just went off. I see the lies. You saw it, right? (laughs) You're like, I got something. I got something here. You saw when you outlined the ages, I was like, wait a minute. That's what drove Aaron away. And and, and meanwhile, Love is like, no, I'll drag this group to the postseason. Now, listen, you know, everybody points to the sophomore year of a wide receiver at the NFL level. That's the year where they jump up. So maybe it would have happened for Aaron as well, probably. But but the fact that Love is flirting with 4,000 yards. 30 touchdowns, and 30 too. touchdowns, yeah. He, he's put up some numbers. So here's what's on the line for him personally on Sunday based on his contract. Uh, there could be a triggering of escalators. We'll go through some of them. If he somehow finds a way to win a playoff game, win this weekend, you get in the playoffs, win a playoff game, $500,000 bonus. Nice day oh. at the office oh. right there. Half a mil. I don't know if Wisconsin has state tax. Does. I think they're favorable. Uh, it it does. does. Okay, so there you go. Win the NFC Championship game. This seems unlikely, but figure out a way to do that. That's a million. It's a nice million right there. Uh, another million with a Super Bowl win. These are things that are probably unlikely, but still nice to see. He has yet another $1 million bonus if he reaches any of the following categories. 10 wins, which is off the table, or a top 10 ranking in passer rating, and a top 10 ranking in touchdown passes. Currently third in touchdown passes and 11th in passer rating. I'm going to tell you what right now. A lot of checkdowns. A lot of checkdowns against the Bears. Let's get that let's get that completion percentage up. Let's not throw any interceptions. Oh. Let's get a couple touchdown passes. Yeah. I'll be running on the goal line. I'm checking into some easy throws on the goal line. If they were already in. So I love. Okay. I mean, I want to tap into your handicapper brain here for a second because. This is a big handicapping factor this weekend. It is. The correct, bonuses. Right? This one right Especially here. Especially with player props? I Yes. So, yes. Great question. We're going to be talking about this. ESPN Bet Live. We're back today. ESPN 2. I believe we're 4 p.m. today and 5 p.m. tomorrow. 
Okay. Schedule's never really uniform. Yeah. It's just TV. That's how we do things. Gotcha. 4 p.m. today, 5 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, you want to look for the guy who's one sack away from a big bonus, a guy who needs eight receptions, a guy who might need 44 rushing yards. Okay. Coaches, especially on teams that are out of it, are going to force the ball to these guys. They want to get them their bonuses. Players aren't really shy gotta, about letting that be known either. I got a list. I'll, I'll send it to you for tomorrow. You're probably going to dive you in. You got a list? Oh, I got a list. Where'd that come from? DeAndre Hopkins, Devin Singletary. Throw Dalton a couple Schultz. out there right now. Let, let's let's uh. All right, actually, so you know what? We shouldn't say anything. We should make our bets. And then we should talk about it. Okay. Okay. So yeah, we'll do that. How that works. Yeah, we'll do that tomorrow. Let's share with the people. Let's do one. Okay. Let's do. Uh, bu- 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 Find uh, me one that's that's tasty. Odell Beckham Jr. All right. So we already have to figure in whether or not he can stay healthy for four quarters. But, but wait, and Tyler, is he, he going to play? This and weekend? Tyler Huntley's throwing to him. Well, I would if I were Odell. Five receptions away from uh, quarter mil. Five receptions for a quarter mil. Five a lot receptions of bubble for screens in Baltimore. Look for a lot of bubble screens yeah. in Baltimore early in the game. See, um, this is the stuff that gets you paid right here. Carlin mm-hmm. versus Joe. Not Carlin. Joe uh, and Randy. Devin Singletary. 74 total yards, period, from 125K. DeAndre Hopkins, 49 receiving yards away from 250K. You got to get him those yards. Right? Uh, seven receptions away from 250K. So if he has a, if he has a seven reception, 50-yard day, he gets a half a mil. You know what you do with that? You keep running him across the line of scrimmage, and you do that little shuffle pass forward <laughs> that counts as a pass yeah, now. Yeah, you just yeah. flick it forward, and then he slides <laughs> into the ground. Yeah, there's some that are, unre- you know, Austin Eckler, 110 total yards away from 100, 100 grand. I don't know. Dalton Schultz, 107 all right, receiving yards. don't give them yards. all away. All right, don't yeah, give yeah, them all away. Right, like, right, take right. it easy. Gotcha. Now, in that vein, we're going to give away another one. Uh, the Rams. This is some news that's just come across the wire here. Rams are not going to play Matthew Stafford on Sunday against the 49ers. <laughs> Shocking there. They will, however... Be playing standout rookie receiver Puka Nakua. So get this. McVay trying to thread the needle here. Very dangerous mindset to be resting some and not others. They're going to play Puka until he breaks the single season rookie receiving record. Quote, I think you'd like to be able to see him get an opportunity to do something special and then be smart with him. Coach Sean McVay told reporters Wednesday when asked whether Nakua will be limited. He needs 29 yards to break the single season receiving record. Yardage record for rookies. Playing with fire there, McVay. Okay, why? Why is it playing with fire? Because you're going out there for something that isn't team-related, and if he gets hurt and you lose him, yeah. boom. And you're more likely to get hurt because you're playing with backups, right? And you're playing the Niners. Well, Niners could be looking to lay wood. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would the say— The Niners, if they're smart, they're already resting McCaffrey. So they should be resting plenty as well. They got that yeah. one seed locked up. No reason to be reckless if you're resting the Niners. Pretty, and you guys could see each other in two weeks. Yeah. Truly. Right, I mean, because the Niners would host that potential. If if the Rams can go into Detroit and win, then they would go out as the lowest seed remaining, seventh seed. They go out to Santa Clara and have to deal with the with the Niners. So to put a bow on this, hell of a year for Jordan Love and the Packers. You yes. got your guy, yeah. right? Is there any question if he's your guy moving forward? No, nah, like he's your guy. guy. That's got to be such a relief in an NFL front office. If you're the Bears, if you're the Bears, and the Packers figured out the Rodgers replacement thing. Three years faster than you figured out the Justin Fields thing. Oh, my God. This is why you never beat the Packers. It's, it's Because they just figured it out. One season, we're good. Bears, I don't know. Got to see what he looks like on Sunday. <laughs> I need the 45th start, and then I need to interview Caleb Williams, and maybe I'll be able to figure it out. <laughs> get the combine stats. Yeah, yeah. Get the, get, let, let's see a 40-yard dash. I want to see a standing broad jump from Caleb Williams before I make a decision on the future of my quarterback. Speaking of the Niners, Niners, Ravens, they've locked up the one seed in each conference. Who's more likely to make the Super Bowl? That's next, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.